0: Welcome once again to the Suburban Vicar Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Silverthorne. The Suburban Vicar is a podcast about how faith and community can intersect to help neighborhoods flourish and to nurture the human spirit. Now, food's a universal human need. But if you're like me, you sometimes feel uneasy about the food choices you make. I've known for a long time that the food I choose isn't always the healthiest for me. But lately, I've also been wondering whether it's very healthy for others, too the farmers paid well? Were the workers treated well? Was the land it was grown on respected or was it exploited? The food I pick up at the grocery store doesn't often answer these questions. I don't know where it comes from, and I don't know what went into it being made. Today's guest is Jeremy Kolbeck, and he's a local farmer. Together with his friends David and Lizanne, he started a new farming venture called Beatbox. Awesome name, by the way. Beatbox operates according to the principles of small-scale, collaborative, and ecological farming. Located here in the west end of Ottawa, the farm is part of a larger farming movement called Community Supported Agriculture, or CSA for short. In the interview, Jeremy explains what CSA is, how this kind of farming respects the land, helps build more personal human communities, and produces some very tasty and healthy food. So enjoy the savoury conversation and learn more about the blessings of good local food. So Jeremy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So just first off the bat, what is community-supported agriculture and and why is it something you're attracted to as opposed to regular farming?
1: Well, uh, community-supported agriculture, as I understand it, apparently used to be about farms sharing the risk and rewards. Um, inherent in that line of business with the the eaters Uh, and sometimes i think it can still be like that but functionally uh, community supported agriculture csa uh, operates as basically prepaid seasonal subscriptions to weekly or bi-weekly selection of foods depending um, kind of food that uh, farm produces um, why we were attracted to it? Um, well, it's predictable, right? So rather than going to a market and not, you know, not knowing based on the weather uh, you know, or something like that, you know, if people are going to show up uh, or whether or not you can make your space in the in in the market like a farmers market on the weekend, something like that, with the CSA, uh, you know, subscription kind of thing, it's predictable. So we know our crop planning lines up with what we've pre-sold already, um, and so on and so on. Also, it's an interesting way to kind of have committed regulars right off the bat uh, for as customers, right? Which is a cool way to build community because, of course, the more often you interact with your community members, the more chance there is of building meaningful relationships.
0: Yeah, it's one of the reasons that I got attracted to it myself um, because it's it's local and you sort of get to know who's growing your food. Um, why do you think? Sure, that that's... Are you are you a customer? No, actually, I'm. Uh, I am to one here that has a drop off place in Barhaven because I think that yours are out uh, further out in the West End, right?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, that's what I meant. Yeah. So you do you do? Uh... Yeah, I do a CSA yes, yes, yes. Uh, because they oh, have actually
0: right. just on my. I got a short commute from my church uh, to my yes. house, and right along the way on Wednesday evenings they uh, they drop off the box there, so I just pick it up on the way. That's great. Yeah, so I mean, how do you find in terms of community building? Like, do they do you find that you get customers that get to know each other better, get to know the farm? Like, how successful has it been in building that community?
1: Uh, I think it's a long. It can be a long process, but um, well, we do like eighteen weeks, right? So our customers come out at least someone from the household, (laughs) which is a customer, will come out every week or every two weeks, depending. And you know, there are people. It's kind of a like a market style. So we don't do pre-packed boxes. Right. So people do have to spend you know, five minutes minimum, uh, mm-hmm. let's say, you know, three to five minutes minimum or as long as they want really coming through and getting what's on, on offer. And you know, when I'm the one who's sort of um, manning the station or whatever, it, I'm definitely introducing people to each other. And it's nice to see when people do chat. Um and for us, it's nice to see, especially you know, over a couple of years, having the same customers come back. It's something. I mean, it's not. Um, I don't know. Community can have many different levels, right? And I yeah, think like seeing the same people regularly and knowing that you know they might be your neighbors, not too far away, is pretty cool, right?
0: Yeah, and and I also find um, like one of the things I like about CSAs is that when you know the producer, like it's very different than getting something that's been flown in from Chile or something because. You really don't know uh, what's been done to it, what the carbon footprint has been, and how workers are treated, that sort of thing. So I, I've often yeah. found it's actually quite nice to sort of meet um, meet the people who are producing the food, because there's some sense of, I don't know, rapport that goes on there, even though, you know, he doesn't invite me over to supper. <laughs> so it's not that kind of relationship. But at least it's a human, sure. one, right? As opposed to a sort of a nameless kind of corporation. Yeah, definitely. So do you folks also do, I know that um, some CSAs have read about, will invite people over to the farm to do uh, events and that sort of thing. Is, is that something that's part of Beatbox's uh, regular operation?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We, um, we have a few different things that we do. Um, so for customers, um, we do about two events a season where we might do a bit of a potluck um, and definitely a tour is usually involved. Um, and the opportunity to hang out and you know, just talk to each other, get to know each other, ask questions. We're right on the river, so some, we'll go swimming sometimes, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, so that's for customers. Uh, and we also host opportunities uh, for people to volunteer and learn a little bit about gardening and growing vegetables uh, and help us out in, in return. And we also have hosted a few other events for the general public, which are mostly just tours. Um, and also what else? Uh, we've also done some events uh, for kind of like industry events, I guess you could call it uh, for, right. for for other farmers mm-hmm. uh, so we can you know learn from each other. Uh, so whether it's related to a plant breeding program that we're part of or simply just a farm tour for other local farmers to. To see the place, Um, it's definitely important for us for people to come to the farm, and we're right in the city, so uh, it's very different than most farms which are out of town. So there's a lot of opportunity for that.
0: So you're located up near Shirley's Bay, is that right? You got it right beside. Oh, very good. So you mentioned there that the community that sort of forms with customers and tours for them, but also with uh, other people in the in the industry. I mean, do you find that uh, CSAs and and similar sorts of you know, farming operations have a real community developing or do do they see themselves more as competitors?
1: Well, when it comes to small farms, artisanal farms, we could call them, you know, that are selling direct to customers um, and especially within organic farms and um, farms that put ecological responsibility as like a really high priority um, and, you know, market themselves that way as well. Um, definitely, like a, a community, right? We, everybody, or a lot, you know, most farms will know each other and will, you know, collaborate or will even socialize if, if the opportunity um, is there. Where well, everyone's pretty busy, so it, it's hard. I think that's the the hardest, uh, biggest barrier to maintaining those relationships and you know uh, nurturing them. But um, the relationships are there, and we'll call each other up for help uh, if, if if it's needed for sure.
0: Yeah, and I notice that you sometimes will do offerings like you, I think it was a harvest box you had uh, in the fall. So you actually combine yeah. different types of produce from different um, different producers to offer sort of an end product and all in one sort of box for, for consumers. Yeah. So that's something that that you find is, is a common thing? Like uh, have folks responded to that? Do they like having those kinds of different options?
1: Yeah, I think so. The harvest box was a cool thing. It was the first um, product that, we offered, uh, well, that, that Farmhouse Foods offered. So Farmhouse Foods is a collective that we started with uh, five other, four or five other farms, mostly vegetable farms, one uh, farm that does meat and, and one that does cheese. Um, and it was a way for us to just team up on marketing, essentially. Um, and, you know, also being able to offer our customers or the customers of each of those farms uh, an easy way to get. Um, a di- more diverse offering than only what each farm um, provided. So, is that common? Um, I think it, yeah, it's fairly common. I mean, agric- agriculture uh, has a strong history of, of cooperatives, right? So, right. dairy cooperatives are big. Um, this is just a really small version of that. Yeah.
0: So one of the things that I wanted to ask, too, is about what it is that Beatbox tyf- typically offers. Um, so what sorts of vegetables and produce is, is sort of a typical growing season for you folks?
1: Yeah, so uh, typical growing season in terms of timing, just it uh, goes, we start seedlings uh, in the greenhouse uh, in late February, early March. Um, and then we'll be harvesting our first uh, vegetables for customers uh, beginning of July, end of June kind of thing, end of June, uh, and we go for 18 weeks, and we offer about 35 different crops this last year anyways, everything from tomatoes, carrots, beet, herbs, lettuce, cabbage, garlic, onions, the mm-hmm. usual kind of thing, <laughs> most uh, most of your veggies there.
0: Right. Well, I actually found yeah. what was interesting to me in in getting a CSA for the first time was that I ended up with a lot of vegetables I didn't really know what to do with. I mean, uh, I think I'd never actually yeah. eaten a kohlrabi before and I ended up getting one in a in a box and I had to uh, just sort of figure out what this thing was and what I was supposed to do with it. So it's not always easy. Yeah. I mean, it's partly what's good about getting food from the farmer is they can actually tell you what it is because uh, I wouldn't be able to yeah. recognize it by <laughs> sight. And some of the, the melons I've gotten, I I, I cooked them because I thought they were squash and I wondered why they all turned into sludge, but they, they were supposed to be melons eaten without being cooked. So how do you uh, direct Fair people... Enough direct people when they get veggies uh, yeah. and stuff like how is it that they find recipes and, and how is it they they know what to do with it if it's something strange
1: sure uh, so yeah we do we do provide melons and kohlrabi as well and uh for the ones that people aren't what we that we think people aren't familiar with people will usually tell us uh because we do you know right, we're actually yep. giving yep. the vegetables yep. directly to them right no pre-packed boxes um we can, you know, we can talk to them directly. However, we do usually pick like kind of a vegetable of the week. So something that might be, uh, the customers may not have seen yet that season or something that they're going to get a lot of. So we want to make sure they use it, um, and make the most of it. Yeah. So the featured vegetable will show up, uh, in the weekly email. So we send a weekly newsletter out to all our customers, um, which includes a couple of photos and stories from you know what's going on at the farm um, and yeah, highlighting a vegetable of the week, giving you know one or two recipes for that, and listing you know what's in the in the box for this week.
0: right Now one of the things too I've noticed as well is that um, you know when I go to uh, pick up those boxes it's it's a little bit less convenient than just sort of showing up when I, when I need something for a recipe. Um, for sure and yet at the same time I've found that the, the quality is pretty consistently good and some of the things we talked about are that personal connection are, are things that I'm paying for yep how do you do you find generally your produce matches up in terms of quality and, and, and price for folks Um, you know when it's compared to the stuff they get at grocery stores
1: well quality for sure we have the opportunity to to you know be really attentive to it um, it's totally done by hand right so harvested by hand, washed by hand, packed. And at every step of the way, we are calling out, you know, anything that's not uh, top quality and it goes into the compost pile. So it makes it back its way back into the fields eventually. But, um, quality wise, I think it's great. Um, you know, we do try to offer the absolute best quality we can price wise. It's comparable. So because we do all the, um, distribution marketing, everything in house, uh, there's some efficiencies there uh, that I think that a, a longer supply chain might not have. Uh, however, of course, we don't have the same efficiencies uh, economies of scale that industrial food production has. So the price is comparable with what you'll find for uh, similar products. So I'm talking about certified organic uh, local products um, no. However, I think that we'd be interested in seeing the prices go higher when it comes to supporting well-being of, of the growers, um, not so much when it comes to providing access to that food to uh, to, to more people. Um, but that's the, that's the big problem everyone's trying to solve and uh, we're just one little piece in that puzzle. Sure
0: yeah, I know I mean the the giant problems of the world can't be solved easily, but you can do your part in some small ways. I um, was also wondering about, you You'd mentioned about some of the, the cost that goes into it and the quality is because it's uh, organically produced. So you mentioned also that that means the things are done by hand. Um, what are some of the other things that go into organic farming that might be different than, um, than regular farming? And what are some of the benefits?
1: Okay, so specifically organic farming means, uh, when it comes to vegetables, it means no use of synthetic fertilizers. Pesticides, herbicides, uh, insecticides, um, and that's the main. That's the main stuff. And also cleaning uh, products, um, organic for other things that are not vegetables. Um, from what I understand, sometimes it does contain things related to animal welfare, uh, but that doesn't apply to
0: us. Uh, I also think that organic has a, a lower um, carbon footprint generally. Isn't that right? Um,
1: I would say that that's hard to determine. I, I'm not actually sure. Uh, I, I don't think it's conclusive uh, whether or not organic has a lower carbon footprint. I know that it's, it's really inconclusive, to be honest with you. I'm doing it more because it's not just about carbon, right? So right. we're taking care of the soil. There's a carbon aspect there, but we're, we're looking at the long term viability of the piece of land we're farming on and the methods we're using. So, carbon is not the whole picture. And I don't know personally whether or not organic farming versus conventional uh, mm-hmm. is
0: definitely less or more carbon intensive. Sure. But it's something that's kinder to the land and it's less exhaustive uh, farming method, then. Yeah,
1: it's more, it's, it's, Closer to being a sustainable way of getting food, for sure. Right.
0: And do you find it's a, it's a big challenge when you're growing organic? Because you, you don't have some of the quick fixes that other um, producers would have. So bug infestations and those sorts of things must be more challenging to, to face up against.
1: Oh, well, for sure. You have to um, use different methods than conventional. So we use uh, physical barriers against bugs, mostly. Uh, so netting. Um, that kind of stuff, rather than using chemicals, we do have access to some biological pest control, um, things we can spray, but we don't use much of that at our farm. Um, you can also like hand pick bugs off, which is obviously tons of work. Uh, the big one is the weeding though, right? So if you don't use herbicide, you have to weed the crops way more often um, because the weeds are growing right from the beginning and you have a lot uh, greater variety of weeds growing around. So that's a big one, and that takes a you know that's one area where you'd say that maybe organic farming is more carbon intensive. If you're doing weeding with a the tractor, uh, then you're driving the tractor up and
0: down way more often, right? Than you would be if you were spraying herbicides. I noticed even just oh, in my own yeah, well, my own back garden there with uh, you know me growing. Flowers and that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> weeds really okay. pop up quickly, and also yeah. uh, I find a lot of those, uh, what are those Japanese beetles or something like that? I have a grapevine; uh, they just love it and constantly eating the yeah. leaves. And if I'm not out there every single morning pulling them off, I don't have much, uh, <laughs> much of a, a grape harvest. And that's pretty small scale, For of course. Sure.
1: So, yeah, totally. Uh, bugs can be can devastate an entire crop. Uh, one thing that is interesting about a lot of like vegetable CSA or market gardens in general, not necessarily organic, but when you have a diversity of, of vegetables, you can probably count on you know a couple things failing throughout your season, but you can also count on some other ones doing better than you expected, right? And mm-hmm. so that's kind of part of the the you know maybe the more traditional aspect of the CSA that the customers do end up with is that you know they may get more carrots than they you know hope for. Um, but they'll, at least they'll get what they
0: paid for, right? Something like that. Yeah, and I also find it's really made me be more creative, right? It's like exactly when you get a whole whack of carrots. Um, you know, I had never had carrot soup before, but <laughs> I made a carrot soup, and I made carrot this and that and the other because I'm trying to find ways of using it. And it actually was... Uh, helpful in helping me indulge my creative side um but also getting my kids interested because carrots don't come out looking perfect right i mean they're all weird shapes and that sort of thing and also different colors and so i've actually enjoyed cooking with them more than i would have otherwise that's great yeah so i'd read in your your website there that you didn't come back or you didn't come from a, a farming background what made you interested in farming in the first place
1: so uh it's a combination of things but um One important reason was from the perspective of an occupation and, you know, what my day-to-day would look like. Um, I really like to stay in shape. I really don't like going to the gym. So uh, a physical job seemed really appealing. Being outdoors uh, is key for me. I like to spend as much time outdoors as possible. So so hit those two boxes. Uh, I am a, a problem solver, and there's never an end of problems to solve on a farm. So those are you know, aspects of what the day-to-day is like and why it seemed appealing to me. But really why I was looking to uh, make a career change and what attracted me in farming in particular was because, uh, yeah, there are a lot of big problems, as we mentioned earlier, in the world, right? Um, environmental, social, and so on and so on. And I saw farming as a tool to essentially, that I could possibly use to try to push our culture towards being one that has a more reciprocal role uh, in its relationships with the land and, and all and all of its inhabitants, I saw a lot of opportunity for farming to to make you know big changes,
0: uh, and to be one
1: part of pushing you know pushing that change was something really
0: appealing to me. Yeah, so something holistic if you're more connected to land and and as opposed to a sort of a exploitative relationship.
1: Oh, totally. Like, the reason I'm doing this, obviously, if I wanted to exploit uh, the world or, or the work, um, you know, uh, the world of work, I wouldn't be doing this. Like, I would be doing something that brought me a lot more, like, individual, you know, financial return or something like that, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how even just... um growing a flower bed. I mean, I have a fairly small lot because uh, I live in the suburbs in a townhouse. But it's just there's yeah. something about growing it yourself and doing it by paying personal attention to things like weeds and plucking uh, you know, beetles off and that sort of thing. It gives you a sense of accomplishment, but also, I don't know, there's just this sort of weird piece that comes to it. Even if it doesn't seem like a big deal, there's some small way in which it's restorative to your soul, I think. Sure, sure. Yeah, I can see that. So um, what service area does Beatbox serve?
1: So uh, people can get our vegetables uh, at the farm uh, in the Greenbelt in between Nepean and Kanata North is where we're located. Uh, they can also get them in Kanata North and also at the Parkdale Market.
0: Very good. That's
1: it. Okay. So <laughs> That's essentially it. Impressive. The Harvest Box was a, was a, a one-off thing. Um, the pickup point was more in the in the east end of town, but in
0: general, uh, it's what I've mentioned there. Great. So, last question: um, We're sort of in the depths of winter now, so most people aren't necessarily thinking about spring produce, but it's going to come soon. Uh, when will you uh, announce your uh, your spring lineup, and when can people start uh, purchasing? Excuse me, purchasing a, a share in the and CSA for you?
1: Um, usually, you can get your CSAs uh, either sometimes there's different farms will announce at different times, but we usually do December, January, um, is when we usually let people sign up that uh, we had a, you know, a Christmas promo last year. Um, but it, it depends on the year, how, how on the ball we are with planning. I would love to have all our crop planning and everything set up, done before Christmas every year. Um, that would be great. Um, until then people should, definitely consider going to the Ottawa Farmer's Market at Lions Down for uh, their local food.
0: Right, and then uh, you'll keep it on uh, your website and Facebook, I guess, about when these things are available from your farm.
1: Totally. The best way to uh, stay in touch with us is uh, sign up for our email newsletter, which can be done on the website, beatbox.ca. Excellent.
0: Well, Jeremy, thanks a lot for your time, and I really wish you well in the coming growing season. Oh, thanks so much, Stephen. It was nice chatting with you. That was Jeremy Kolbeck of Beatbox Farm. If you check the show notes, you'll find a link to their website, beatbox.ca. That's B-E-E-T-B-O-X.ca. They're also on Facebook, and you can find them by looking for Beatbox Co-op. There you can learn more about the farm, sign up for their newsletter, and order produce for the coming season. As always, you can reach me on Twitter, at S.H. Silverthorne, or through the contact section of my church website goodshepherdbarhaven.ca If you're feeling generous, you can even make a donation to the church I serve. Just visit the church website and navigate to the donations section. Donations are tax deductible, and they go to support the good work we do here in Barhaven. If you like this episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe to the podcast by typing in The Suburban Vicar on Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, and then hitting the subscribe button. Tell your friends, And stay tuned for more next month. Until next time, stay rooted, my friends.